I understand what that song means now. I gotta go back and listen to that song. See, I ain't understand the song. We sing songs, don't even understand. I'm telling you, Zion is calling hit different when you actually move into a higher place. It hit different. We exalt the hit different when you actually exalt God. Episode 135, This Is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters, and this is forced, and uh, no Philip, just couldn't connect this week, busy week for both of us, which is all good, I still want to get you some content, I want to get you some uh, word to encourage you with. So shout out to Philip and shout out to each and every person that is listening and is giving feedback and sharing and saying it's good to hear and they appreciate it and they're grateful that we're being obedient, sharing the word. There's never too many people sharing the word. Um. It's a part of our obedience. If you're not sharing the word, something's wrong. And if you're not sharing the word in as many avenues and ways that you can, something's wrong. One of the ways that is afforded to me is a podcast. I believe it's the reason why I was even given certain gifts and skills and interests and abilities is to leverage that to the building of the kingdom so though i use microphones to do a lot of other things and i use uh my recording and audio production skills to do a lot of other things the thing that matters the most is building a kingdom that being said housekeeping it's very simple realchurchmatters.com you go there you'll see everything you can even give through there you'll see a little dollar sign uh Patreon for those who still give through there. I appreciate it. P A T R E O N dot com for slash real church matters. I appreciate it. As always, it's obedience over audience. So since I still have an audience, let's get to it. Man, it's a lot going on. I do want to talk about a specific thing. I won't hold you. I, I, I always try to keep it shorter when it's just me. Um, I won't hold you, but I do want to touch on one thing before we jump into it. Hey, um, so when we're watching the news and we're watching current events, there are times where things pop up and people want to know what you think. Now, me personally, I'm starting to learn that I have to be careful about how I respond to things or when people are curious to know. Not everybody needs to know. Same way in the Bible, not everybody needed to hear. Not everybody needed to know what Jesus felt, how he saw things. He was interested in sharing it with the people who could hear what he was saying truly what he was saying that's why he what he was explaining to 
the disciples with the parables. He said, you know, I'm putting these in a way that people can understand them. But a certain type of people would. And so when I um, I watch the news and I'm hearing about um, Dwayne Wade's son and he's 12 years old and he's transitioning <clears throat> from male to female and changed his name. And, you know, a lot of times y'all can, we all can be like, listen, that, that let them people do what they want to do. But I want to use this as a opportunity to just give you some thought. Um, for those of you who are parents, those of you who have children, um, for those of you who are interested in one day having children, I think we all need to think critically about the importance of protecting, guarding, and raising children in the admonition of the Lord and understanding what that truly means. And the admonition of the Lord means to that you are a teacher and that you operate from the scripture curriculum. So that means that everything that you teach and everything that you engage with your child should ring true to the scriptures. It's not just teaching them scripture, but actually teaching them life through scripture. I'm going to say that again. It's not just teaching them scripture. It's teaching them life through scripture. A lot of people are very adept to know scriptures, but they don't know how to use those scriptures in life. And so the word application pops up all the time. And so what, what we're talking about is, are you teaching children how to apply scripture to life and how to process life through scripture? And so when you look at things like identity and how these days identity is being more and more synonymous with sexual identity. Um, part of us is our gender, but that is not the defining nature of who we are, but it is a part of us. It is very much a part of us. And so I, I just want to challenge you in the way that you think. When we talk about um, the universe or creation, we don't know anything about that. As humans, we have no clue about it. This is our first time here. We haven't experienced life in that regard. So when you come on to earth, you, ex you come to exist and having been here for, in his case, 12 years, in your case, whatever years, you get an understanding of what, how you've been created but you don't have the power to change who you, who creation has made you. And it's interesting that we don't look at people railing against what creation has given them. We don't look at it as rebelliousness. But it, it rings so true to how Satan has moved on this earth and how the elements of this world are founded in rebellion. And so when you see people who want to be something they are not, that's rebellion. And we have to teach kids that there are certain things in life that have been afforded and given to them. And they have been chosen and selected to be certain things. And that includes their gender. And that they are, instead of finding ways to rebel against it, they should find ways to use it to please God.
one of those things is in all reality, you know, uh, you, you, you weren't, you don't know what you're supposed to be. It's been defined for you. You were born with a penis or you were born with a vagina. That information should ring in you and cause you to operate in that. Now, the thing about it is, is that that gender doesn't automatically just line up with our sexual identity. I have a problem with young people being very sexually aware. And when people are talking about their identities, we got to keep it to there first. It's not always because there's a there's a crisis happening and we can't merge the two together. We, there's a crisis happening with identity in general. If I can get you to not know who you are in every level of who you are, then it's easier for me to direct you to every level of misidentity. I, I, you won't just know, won't be just confused as to what gender you are. You'll start to be confused as to whose child you are. You start to be confused as to your purpose on this earth. You start to be confused as to why you do anything. It says in the scriptures, a simple man believes everything. And so when you have people who would rather choose to honor and respond to how they feel more than how God has created them. It's a dangerous thing. It's the interesting thing. My prayers go out to that young man. That young man is being given an opportunity to explore realities that um, he is not mentally adept to explore. He's just 12. Some of us, y'all should know, like it, at the age you are, you barely are equipped to navigate life and to make decisions. I went to school with a ton of kids, and I'm telling you, in high school, there was a lot of Guys that thought they were gay or at least embraced their effeminate nature. And then years later, at 38, you look at them, you, you see them on Facebook and stuff, and they like men with children and married. And, and it can be confusing. It's like, how, how did you go from that to this? And it's like these these men are navigating Something they didn't understand as a young man. And they're trying to still understand it as an adult. And just that fact that somebody can vacillate from one extreme to the other. Just lets us know that we're dealing in waters that we were not. We are not equipped to swim by ourselves. And that's another reason why it's it's on parents. It's on parents to not leverage their children to for celebrity or to be uh, in with the new trend. The new trend is that if I come out and I say that I'm teaching my child to, to in his formative years to operate in the foundations of how he was created, whether they believe in God or not, I think that you give your child a proper foundation to move from there. I, I see it no different than just the simple rebelliousness of I feel like if we all had wings, we'd be trying to cut them off so we could just walk. The same way man has always wanted to fly, even though they wasn't made to. 
there's a constant rebelliousness. It can be seen in some ways as a natural curiosity, an ambitious nature to do what man has never done before, to make one small step for man, to constantly encroach upon new frontiers. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like just being obedient and walking in what you know and not trying to reinvent the wheel because you never made a wheel before. And so that uh, just giving y'all something to think about. Something to think about is, is the reality is it goes beyond homosexuality. It goes beyond transgender. It, it goes to something deeper. It's a deep-seated rebelliousness that manifests itself in so many different ways. Um, that I want us all to look and see, are we being rebellious? Are we fighting against something? I see people who are struggling in careers and struggling to make ends meet because they're rebellious because they don't operate in the way that they were designed to. I was one of those people. I could tell very early in my life who I was and I fought against it because I wanted the freedom to choose who I was. I always was inclined to art. I always was inclined to creativity, but when I couldn't see how to manifest that creativity into what I seen as success at the time, I constantly fought against it. And it's no different than fighting against uh, the parents you've been given, the family you've been given, fighting against the color, the race you've been given, fighting against the gender you've been given, fighting against any of those things. It's rebelliousness. It's rebelliousness. I love uh, lining this up with Moses and how uh, Moses was created in one way and life and situations led him literally to another place. But God, when it was time, he called him back to his place. This is how you were created. This is who you are. This is who you are. Now is the choice you have to make. And all of us need to be training our children to navigate in this world. Did they move and they adjust where appropriate, but when it counts, they stand on what they know and who they are. And I think that um, you see that throughout. You can use that Moses as an example. If you want to um, teach people and share this with people, you can use the Hebrew boys and Daniel as an example. They were captured. Um, this is out of their control. They were um, trying to make the best of it. But they, in in light of that, always was linked into what God wanted as to how to retain who they were in the midst of being somewhere that is not conducive to who they were. So as slaves, they learn the new people's ways. They learn their language. They learn their, their education. They were able to teach them better than they taught. They were able to excel. But there's certain things they were not able to indulge in because they God did not want them to move beyond who they truly were. And we have to remember that as your kids are dealing with new feelings, as they're exploring uh, the, the influences and the, the new ways of thinking of this world that are constantly changing. You have to remind them. To always be in tune with God so they know where to give and where to hold the line. So 
I probably went a little long with that, but I just want to challenge you and explore because I is as disheartening as it is to see something like that. It's equally as disheartening to hear Christians talk on the surface. And so I'm just giving you a, a, some bits of things. I haven't given you all of it because I feel like I need to weigh some more of the depths of, of these truths. But I'm just giving you more. I'm just taking your shovel and pushing it a little deeper so you see beneath it. But the, the most disheartening thing is that we can't just automatically go to the sexual part. When we move in that way, we, we stay very surface, very fleshly, very secular with a problem that is very spiritual. And I want you all to challenge yourself with whatever situations and whatever things you're dealing with. Am I on the surface or am I in the spiritual place, the deep things, the mysteries that men and women need to be made aware of and understand on a deeper level? Am I helping them to get to that point? If I'm not, then I'm just part of the, the noise, just part of the noise. I'm not here to to talk about being anti this or anti that. I realized it um, when I look upon these people. I see them the same way Jesus saw those people as sheep without a shepherd. He didn't say I looked upon a crowd and filled with compassion and saw a bunch of homos. That's not what he said. And see a bunch of transgenders and see a bunch of people killing babies, aborting babies. I didn't see. He didn't say that. He he got to the deeper part. He got to the deeper part. He's a sheep without a shepherd. He's saying that because he's seeing them not as what their problem is, but as what their need is. And if we can't see people in that way, then we'll never have the proper compassion to help them. We'll just talk about it. You know, this is where talk goes from being cheap to being priceless. Is there, This is the discourse that we should be having. Are we properly raising our children in the admonition? Of the Lord, do we understand what that means? Are we just regurgitating tried and true words of Scripture from years and years and generations and generations of people who have learned to articulate it, but not to let it matriculate in their life? I don't want to be that. I'm tired of to of operating in church the way everyone is comfortable operating in it, where they hear the word, enjoy the word. I was literally in a service yesterday. Where people, the pastor was preaching and people were so entertained. It was like if you didn't see a pastor there, if you just was looking at the audience, you would have thought they was watching Dumb and Dumber or they was watching Step Brothers. There was such an elation, a, a almost cackle. And it's like the word is entertaining you. And that's not no shot at the person preaching because I've been there before where I'm teaching and, and people are just I mean, delirious in laughter. But are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? And I'm telling you, the congregation is is not here to be the peanut gallery. The congregation is not here to just be sheer entertained. The congregation is here to learn and to grow and to operate in obedience with understanding and that's why we're here and that's why i'm i'm doing this podcast is to give you understanding and one of the other things i want to talk about i guess we'll do equal time 
to what I just talked about, which was a little long. And uh, the what I really want to talk about, which is endurance, enduring. And so um, interesting thing, when you hear people uh, talking about enduring, oftentimes it's seen as if everyone who makes it out of a situation has endured. And that's not true. Endurance means to remain. And the question you need to ask yourself, if you want to know if you've endured, if you, you want to know if you'll endure to the end, as it said, the question you need to ask yourself is, have I remained in the faith? Am I still in the faith on my way out as I was on my way in? And we got to be careful because we can be so focused on making it out of a situation that we lose a part of our faith in the process. How? Because we lose a part of our obedience. To endure means to remain in your beliefs. To endure means to remain obedient to God. To endure means to remain hopeful and filled with joy and love and peace and kindness and meekness and long suffering and gentleness and temperance. Can you remain in those things in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the struggle and to the ultimate goal? Can you remain in the faith in the midst of this world so that one might? Have entrance into the holy next one. Can you? That's what endurance is. The other thing is just mere self-preservation and survival. The soldiers that come back. They don't look at themselves as successful if everybody didn't make it back. Everybody can be happy to see them. But there's a part of them that knows this mission wasn't as successful as it could have been. Because all of our men didn't come back. Are you, are you a successful Christian? If you make it into heaven. But your family don't. Are you successfully navigating the troubles of your job? If when you make it out. You know you didn't hold your integrity in the midst of it. You can reference back to. The times where now that your boss is gone or he's been fired or uh, there's been some resolution or comfort to your trial. Do you remember how your heart was? Do you remember how your heart was towards that person? Come on. We, we looking at these things. We're not making it out. When I see the person who's uh, divorced and they say, I'm doing so much better now. Better because of what? Better because you found a way to retain and hold on to your marriage in spite of its hard times or better because you found a way to cut ties and bail because you were looking for comfort and not to endure till the end. Y'all can say what you want about people who hold on in a situation. But I promise you, there'll be more people who call you stupid than people who encourage you to stay in it till the end. And on the flip side, what's the use of staying in a marriage when you've given up so much of what makes the marriage count? Are you really enduring when you can't even have honest conversation with this person? Are you really enduring 
when you're not sharing the word and sharing the uncomfortable truth because you're just trying to make the situation as best as you can make it? Are you really enduring when you don't remain in the values and the truths that you've come to know? That's not enduring. That's not enduring. That's that's surviving. And in order for you to be an overcomer and not a survivor, you got to endure. The overcomer is the one that celebrates because no matter what was thrown at me, I held on to God's word. No matter what was going on, I held on to God's word. I It's deeper than I ain't let them get the best of me. I didn't let them cause me to get out of myself. Now, the, the true overcomer is the one who knows I might not have never cussed nobody out, but I kept my heart right. I made it through. I, I, I can start to celebrate those moments where I made it through without engaging in bad thoughts towards people. Oh, I made it through without complaining. I made it through without belly aching. I made it through without being ungrateful. I made it through without cheating. I was sharing with my family. I said, most of my high school, middle school, and college career was spent trying to find ways to cheat. It's just being honest. I began to be be adept at it. I began to learn new ways. I devised new ways to cheat. I shared those ways with other people. When I got my diploma, yeah, you could be happy and say I made it. But I know I didn't really make it. I didn't really endure. Because when it came, well, when it counted, when it was time for me to hold on to truths like studying, work ethic, being prompt, not procrastinating. In the midst of the hard times, I didn't hold on to those truths. I took the easy way out. I survived college, but I didn't endure college. I got a diploma, but I didn't earn a diploma. This is the reality is that if you want to earn heaven and you do have to earn heaven, you earn it through endurance. Matthew 24, 13 says, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Yeah, you receive salvation. Salvation costs you nothing other than your belief. You believe in God. You believe that God is your way to salvation. You have now received salvation, but you will not be saved Without endurance. It's the one that stays true to his salvation. In the midst of hard times. It's the one that stays true. To what they know about God. And their hope in God. Through hard times. We don't even know what enduring is. When you sick in your body. And you cut letting it cause you to doubt God. Not doubt God that he can't heal you. That, that's another thing. That I don't even want to. I just want to say, state a true fact in sickness and in health, no matter what God does, you're supposed to operate in the same level of respect, honor and gratefulness and love towards him. Whether he does what you want him to or not. That's enduring. That's enduring. Can you endure? Can you endure? It's like a, a married couple who were madly in love with each other. 
And all of a sudden, God forbid, something happens to one of them. And now they're paralyzed or they're immobile. And this person has to make a decision. Do I endure with them? Do I endure? Why is that endorsed? Because there's there's now there's a there's an uncomfortability that has been created. There's a struggle that is there. Will I not just love them and retain a love for them, but will I am I willing to care for them? Because my care that I had before, if it's the same care. That's fine, but because of the situation, the situation is calling for a greater degree of care. The situation is calling for more from your care. And, and that's probably better the way to say it. The situation is calling for more from your care, more from your love, more from your promise and vow. To be there in sickness and in health. This is calling more from it. This this trial is calling more from you. Can you pull more out? That's enduring. That's enduring. We can't take the easy way out. We cannot. We cannot take the easy way out. If you're going to endure. You got to really endure. Look at this. This is Mark 4:17 and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterwards when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake immediately they are offended. And he's not even talking about them leaving. He's just talking about the mental place that they're in and how that's not endurance when you're going through and you're offended. When you're going through and you're hurt, when you're going through and you're set in a way where your heart is not right, it's hard for you to love people who you are operating in a place of offense with. He said, you got to have root in yourself. That's what endurance is. If you're taking notes, endurance is having root in yourself. You got to be rooted that's why a tree can endure a storm. A tree can endure a storm because it's rooted. We clearly see the trees that haven't had strong rooting or strong roots. We can see that because when the strong wind comes, they're uprooted. I'm preparing for the storm right now in my life. Uh, I'm preparing for the storm. And you can say, well, that's a torturous way to live. No, that's a smart way to live. See, people who live in tornado country and hurricane country and brush fire country, those people understand that they have to be prepared. And they are. While I say while it is devastating and so you can say, well, why live in a place like that if you're going to go have to go through all that? Well, why live in this world when you got to go through all you you going through? And we are not prepared for the disasters that are falling upon us. And there's nothing you could do about it. This world presents a myriad of disasters. Whether it be death. Whether it be suffering, sickness. Whether it be violence. 
Things that you never thought would befall you. Things that you never thought that would come against you. These are things that you have to deal with because guess what? This is the world you live in. Yeah, you might not live in hurricane country, but you sure enough live in trial country. And in order for us to navigate this, we have to have a level of preparedness to understand that when those times come, when affliction and persecution arise. Come on, you got you got you can't be offended. You can't be moved off your block. You can't be consumed with emotion and feelings. You have to be ready to endure, to hold on to God's word. To hold on. Mark 13, 13 says, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. He was preparing them. He was letting them know what was coming. Y'all get mad when people don't like you. I, I, I honestly, I think this is the crazy part. Now that I'm so focused on the realities, somebody has to tell me they're not talking to me for me to know they're not talking to me. Like you got to tell me first. You got to be like, hey, I'm not talking to you. Because the reality is I'm not engaged in there. I'm not lined up there. I'm not looking for offense. I'm looking for myself. I'm looking in myself to endure. I'm not focusing on that no more. I'm not focusing on the offense. Focus on the offense, you get offended. We have focus on the prize so we can endure. I got something I'm working towards. I can't get caught up with what you caught up in. So they're going to be hated. You're going to be hated, not r- real hated. And I'm not talking about the type of hated y'all talking about. I'm talking about your household not talking to you because you have made a focus for to, to grow in God. I've seen young people do all manner of stuff and their parents are fine with them. They fuss a little bit here and there. But I've never seen parents more adamant against their children than when their children start speaking up and walking in the truth. I realize, and this is why, you know, man, it's it's not easy out here. I realize people don't really want you to grow. And this is what was being shared. It was like men hate on you for my sake. Why is it for God's sake? Why is it for Christ's sake? I'm going to tell you why. Because when you're growing in God, you're not growing the way people want you. Especially when you start growing in God and you don't listen to everything they say. You don't honor everything they say. You call them on their foolishness. He said, no, I'm not listening to that. People expect teenagers and young adults to listen to them just purely because they're older than them. But if we're raising these young people correctly, we should be happy when they challenge us. On the foolishness that we still walk in. If you don't want your young children. Your young people. To do like that. Keep them away from me. Because that's what I'm calling these young people to. I'm calling them to. Be anti-establishment. To be against foolishness. To call their families. To a higher place. And to do it in a respectful way. But it's crazy. You can teach them to do it respectfully and people will still rail against it as if they're being disrespectful. No, they just coming against your foolishness and they should. And you should be teaching people the same thing. 
Y'all should be teaching your children. If I had a child, I would be teaching them to respect, honor, and reverence the word of God. And if they see that I'm not doing so, that they have enough courage and conviction to respectfully help me, share with me. That shouldn't be cause for dis- calling out disrespect. That shouldn't. We should embrace that. I embrace it when young people feel like they can have a conversation with me and say, Uncle, I don't know if you should have did that. I don't know if that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We got to teach the young people because the older people, they don't really call you on nothing. They don't call you on nothing because they they feel like you're going to. I'm one of the few people. If you call me on something, I do not respond to it with. But you, I don't care what you're doing. Oh, this is what I'm doing? I'm going to think about that at the very least. Adults are like that. But but you, you but you do the same thing. But you, I, I, I want you to just listen. Listen. I might be the donkey. Just listen to what I'm saying now. This is uh, just me sharing. Just about endurance. Just things to muse about. Imagine we're having a conversation. That's how I'm approaching this. Whenever I'm by myself, I'm just talking to you as if we were talking together. Because that can be beneficial to you. And maybe you should understand what true conversation in the word is so that you challenge the people around you. Let's talk about something more than people. And while it may just for those people out there who who listen surely to know what I'm talking about, but don't really want to engage in the word while it may while you may enjoy talking about people. Understand if that person is walking in God, your mouth don't do anything but put you deeper in your mess. So Second Thessalonians one four one and four. Second Thessalonians one and four says, So that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. He's letting us know how to endure. I endure because I'm patient. I let God work. I let the word work. I can't say I believe in it and not be patient to see it work. I know the word is done when I see it's done in my life. There's no level of impatience when you know the word says this should happen. I'll wait until it happens. Faith. Patience and faith, they go together. If I believe in something, I'll never deviate from it, even if it's delayed, or at least I think it's delayed. If I believe you're coming, I'm not going to make other arrangements. I'm going to sit and wait till you come. Some of y'all don't know what that feel like, but I remember not having a cell phone and pay phones was gone. And I'm waiting for somebody who told me they're coming to pick me up from the subway station. And it's getting later and later and I can't panic. I got to just believe that they're coming. Now, when the person came hours later, they did say they forgot. But I knew eventually they was going to come because I believed them. I might have been upset that they came so late. They didn't come when they said they would, but they came. The reality is, is that 
if I can give that level of belief to a man, then I can give that level of belief to God. Who is going to do what he said. So I believe if, if I if I'm told in, in Genesis, I'm told that I should work. Then I know that my working will yield something. He says we should work, work by the sweat of our brow. I know that will yield me something. Why? Because he told me to do it. So when you see people saying, oh, I'm I'm tired of working, I don't want to work, I want to, what do you, what are you here, here to do? Like, I don't understand how you're going to yield something without work. There's people who are praying for God to yield something to them. And he already told you that you, in order to get that thing, you have to work. Things are not a blessing. The blessing is the ability to work. In whatever way that he has given you and blessed you to work. Work. <laughs> and if you don't have an ability or a skill, ask God to lead and guide your understanding. Or maybe ask God to just help you see where he always has had you. That's what he did to me. He just opened my eyes to the breadcrumbs and showed me where I always have been. Where I always have been. And I'm like, oh man. Then I need to embrace this. And as soon as I embraced it, it began to yield to me. Not as soon as I started praying for the things that I wanted to get, but not work for. I spent too many of my years in my 20s doing that. And then feeling like God let me down when he's he probably sitting up there screaming because he laid it out so clearly in the word that if I connect with that word with patience and faith, let me work, let me work, let me work. And even though it doesn't make sense now, let me work. January made 11 years in my business, 11 years. And I sometimes think of how it could have been more years in my business if I embraced what was given to me sooner. Because I wasted time. It took five years of that business for it to even yield anything to me where I can leave my job. So you're wasting time. You're wasting time. All because why? All because you want it right now. You have no patience. You have no faith. Anything that can be given to you right now. I don't know. I, I, I would highly sus be suspicious of it. I promise you. People keep falling for emails and phone calls and people with schemes and stuff. Listen, if you're trying to make it quick, you ain't trying to make it right because it, it everything that's worth something costs something. And what it's going to cost you is work. Till the ground, plant a seed, pray for rain. Do not, do not. Church people, Christians, agnostics, whoever is listening. Do not skip the first two steps and just pray for rain. Because I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> when the rain come, it won't produce a fruit. It'll just produce mud. I mean, when the rain comes. It won't produce a fruit. 
It'll just produce. But. And so. I'm going to leave it there. But last scripture before we go. Second Timothy. Two and three. Thou therefore. Endure hardness. As a good soldier. Of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you guys like. I know everybody wants to be a good person. We need more Christians that want to be good soldiers. They understand that a good person exists in this world already. But a good soldier, that's what I'm trying to be now. I know certain things are on my way. I haven't experienced a, a, a life altering death in my life yet. But I know that many of the people that I'm near and close to and love, their time on earth is not forever. I have to prepare myself now like a good soldier to be able to endure hardness, the hardness of life, the coldness of life, the painful parts of life. Some of you have already experienced tragedy, but you weren't prepared. It's messed you up. You got to be a good soldier my prayer my prayer is that not only am i helping you and encouraging you right now but my prayer is right now wherever you are that you would just allow god to show you that you have what it takes to endure like a good soldier you have the word and you need to apply to that word patience and faith so that you can yield the fruit of it so that you can make it out on the other side whole. Enduring. Till the end. Hey, Real Church Matters, episode 135. God is good. Oh yeah. Shout out to everybody. Philip will be back. Sometimes he gets busy. Um we shall proceed I, I have I have an obligation I have a call I have a responsibility and I will move forward we'll, we'll connect you guys will hear him again real church matters obedience over audience as always God bless <laughs>